Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is, well, Sun Monday, December 28th. By the time you're listening to this, this is the Sunday recap show of Week 16. Oh, my goodness. We're mere days, nay, hours away from taking this miserable year and ejecting it into the sun for all of eternity and rolling over into 2021, which... I know we all think we'll be better. It probably won't be that much better, but we can hope. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. What's sad about it is that it'll feature the end of the regular season, including week 17, plenty of drama to come to break down all the action for week 16. And there was a ton of it, and it was a thrilling day of football that really set up a ton of drama for next week. Joining me, as they always do, on Sunday night, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas? You, you can't see unless you're watching the YouTube show. I'm doing my... Big Ben, Steelers won dance. Yes. And I can't wait to rub it in Breach's stupid face. <laughs> as he noted in our little chat conversations during, during Sunday's play, me as a Steelers, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? When the Steelers win after playing super crappy football, especially after losing to the, to the Bengals, I am much worse than passive aggressive Breach when he loves Steelers losing. Well, it's I'm going to do my Wilson's wrong dance uh, because this is the same guy who predicted last week that they wouldn't win another game for the rest of the season. They would lose in the first round of the playoffs and that Ben Roethlisberger would retire. Uh, and you know what? None of that's going to happen because when we go to sleep on December 31st, we're all going to wake up and start 2020 all over again in some sort of a Groundhog Day hell. That would suck. Sorry. Yeah, that last part, man. He's He's angry. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, the problem is, is that you like the, the difference with the, the dynamic here is that breach is like, it's like you like beating up your little nephew, you know, like it's a Bengals fan, you know. So here's what happened. So he's my little nephew. I just dunk on him literally every time we play basketball, I beat him 10 nothing. One day I was super hungover and he beat me. Yes. Like I couldn't even see straight. I was throwing up. It was the whole thing. Like your first Super Bowl trip. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a lie. And now I'm back to, uh, I'm back on the wagon. I'm taking things seriously and I just dumped all over him again. So he's, he's not a, he's and the funny happy. thing is, I didn't even know if Brinson was talking about you, Wilson, or me when he said your first Super Bowl trip. <laughs> That's the truth. You I forgot amateurs. about that. You each have your incredible. That, that first one's rough. Cover the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Speaking of the Super Bowl, there's a team that might be going to the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay and that team is the Green Bay Packers. They hung a 40 burger. On the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night. Uh, the game went over, snuck over thanks to AJ Dillon, the second, a much maligned second round pick out of Boston College who had two rushing touchdowns at a monster game for the Green Bay Packers. He actually ran 21 times for 124 yards. Aaron Jones, 10 carries, 94 yards. Uh, Jones didn't score, but Dillon did. Devontae Adams had an enormous game, 11 catches, 142 yards and three touchdowns. I think it's the first person ever do that at Lambeau Field in December. I believe HQ tweeted out the stat. And 
This was a throttling the entire time. The Packers did a great job defensively bottling up Derrick Henry. The snow was a big factor. And, you know, look, I, I don't know if we need to, like, Prisco was texting, Packers look, 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 they're legit. It's like, wow, Pete. Yeah. Everyone knows it's been 50, it's been 16 weeks. Didn't, didn't need that idiotically simplified, you know, validation. Uh-huh. Yeah, here's what I'll say, and I said this on HQ. Uh, Green Bay Packers, I am sorry. I thought you should have drafted a wide receiver. I thought you should have traded for Will Fuller. I was yelling and screaming about it. Go ahead. You can play the dunk music if you want. Ho-ho! Up high! Down hard! But you, all you need literally is Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. You know, you, meant, you mentioned the 11 reception for 142. Seven other receivers were targeted for a total of 10 catches. Aaron Rodgers does not care. Now, you can have a lot of questions from Mike Vrabel in that defense about how they decided to single cover Devontae Adams for 60 minutes, and that's a fair question to ask. But A.J. Dillon came in there, and A.J. Dillon did to the Titans what Derrick Henry does to opponents every single week, and they had no answers. And Mike Vrabel's face in the fourth quarter when uh, his fate was all but sealed sort of had the same face of, of the opposing coaches trying to tackle Derrick Henry. So uh, Packers know what they're doing. Scott Pioli mentioned this uh, on the postgame show. Uh, Matt, e- uh, not Matt, Matt Eberflus, what's your name? Uh, Matt LaFleur. I couldn't think of your name, Breach. So he comes from Mike Shanahan coaching tree. Mike Shanahan values running backs. So that sort of helps explain this AJ Dillon, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams didn't play tonight, but his, uh, place on the depth chart. And again, Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams in a defense that's playing a lot better. Good luck to anyone trying to come to Green Bay and win football games. Yeah, well, you guys are completely glossing over the fact the refs were out there trying to get, like, the Rodgers rate from State Farm by throwing every penalty <laughs> flag in Green Bay's favor. Uh, you know, we saw or, or missing guys just stepping out of bounds but hey, not Bree, calling them any, out of bounds. To your point, do you have any flags were called on the Packers tonight, Sunday night? I, I actually don't know, but I'm going to say one. Zero? Zero. My God. Zero. And and the Titans get called for a phantom Offside Aaron. on a blocked oh. field goal and then, uh, 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 tacked on 30 more yards to a run after the running back stepped out of bounds. And that, that Aaron Jones stepped out of bounds to the 30 something. He got down to the inside the five and that happened right after the half where the Titans came out, scored a touchdown, made it 14 19. They were right back in it and three plays later, including that Aaron Jones run you're talking about. Well, they- and I was going to say that, you know, if the calls go the Titans way, if the refs aren't just, uh, you know, obviously in the Packers pocket, the final score is probably like 40 to 30, but the, the Packers still win this. Like they were the better team. They were absolutely the better team. There is no, uh, argument here from your resident Nashville Homer. Uh, Ryan Tannehill just looked yeah. lost. I think it was the cold weather. He, I think it was more Derrick Henry not being involved early. I was muted there. I was like yelling, what are you doing? What are you doing over and over again? I was like, why would he listen to me? Oh. Um, I just don't, what are you, what are you trying to do? You're like, if, if things, if the, if it hadn't been rigged, they would have only lost by double digits, not. Oh, I am so sorry. I didn't see your face. This is the first time in your life where you're yelling and screaming. No one can actually hear you. And it's, it's like a present. <laughs> We're going to go back and watch that part of the YouTube video. We need to like, tell what is everyone. Happening? I was like, oh, it's muted. Um, they're immune to my yells. You must let me interrupt you. No, look, the Packers are awesome. The Titans' problem is that their defense stinks. And if, um, you know, I mean, I think Chris Collinsworth mentioned this several times on the broadcast. It's, it's patently obvious if you watch the Titans play, but when they're trailing by a lot of points, 
and up against a really good offense, it's hard for them to come back. Now we saw them do it against the Browns, um, where Cleveland sort of downshifted. The, the Packers didn't do that. The Packers kept their foot on the gas. That's what you have to do against the Titans. And you just have to outscore them. And uh, look, the, yes, they got some bad breaks for sure. The block punt, they got the block uh, extra uh, field goal. Excuse me, they got completely screwed on. Um, now Mike Vrabel, I, and both of those things though, I don't think is like the the refs are in the Packers pockets. To me, it's a byproduct of look, the, the opening kickoff goes out of bounds and they ha- have a delay trying to figure out where to place the ball because they can't see the 40 because of all the snow. Well, if that's the case, you're probably going to run into some hijinks when it comes to certain visuals out there. And that was the case with the offsides and the, and the Aaron Jones stepping out of bounds. No excuse in 2020. There's no excuse for missing those calls. You got Al Riveron with his pina coladas, as Ryan likes to say, sitting in New York. He can talk to the ear of every ref. He sees what's happening. He's the eye in the sky. Well, the it's, Aaron, game. it's prime time. I don't know that you can – I guess you could have picked up the flag for offsides. I mean, the refs yeah. can, like, can converse about it, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, you know what? No flag. There was no penalty on the play. And they blew the, the out-of-bounds thing, and it, it just was a situation where the Titans didn't have time to look at it. It sort of looked like it. Live, but you don't want to throw a challenge flag and be wrong on that. So I, I understand that. But again, if you look at the the replay, the official is literally five feet away from the play and is sure. staring at Aaron Jones' feet. I mean, maybe there needs to be something in the where it's like, all right, if it's snowing, you're not allowed to. Like, Just, how about anytime? Al, Al Riveron, wake up. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if it's a clear hit the football, big red button, hit the big red button. College football does this. If it's a clear and obvious review review situation, the ref all of a sudden comes flying in, waving his hands, blowing his whistle. He's like, whoa, 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 stop. we got to look at this upstairs. I wouldn't mind that if we did that in the NFL. Why do we have to put the onus on these coaches who are already overwhelmed in the first place to deliver challenges at a rapid pace? We see even the good ones screw it up uh, plenty of times. So Aaron Rodgers, now the MVP favorite at William Hill. He is minus 160. I... Wish that I'd listened to us several weeks ago and bet him when he was five to one. We would be getting rich off that. Uh, we didn't do it. Mahomes plus 140, Josh Allen 12 to one, Derek Henry 40 to one, and Russell Wilson 100 to one. Remember when Russell Wilson was minus 125? Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is winning the MVP. Yeah. I mean, next week, who the Chiefs play next week, Breach? Uh, well, they already have the first round by wrapped up, so I can't imagine they're going to go crazy and let Patrick Mahomes throw 50 passes to win MVP. They play the Chargers to answer your question, but they have nothing to play for. The Bears play the Packers next week. The Bears have a lot to play for. Bears have a lot to play for. So, I mean, it's and the Packers, Packers, Packers haven't clinched the one seed right. either. That's right. So they have something to play for too. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's right. But that we, was the that the, was the, that was the worst thing to happen to the Bears with the Packers rolling. The pa- the Bears wanted, I think, the Packers to the Packers to lose, no. and then right is that right? No, I guess it didn't matter. No, if the Bears win, I don't after know. After the Seahawks, after the Seahawks won, it didn't matter, right? Because Once the, the Packers se- couldn't right. clinch the seed until Week 17, so they need to win, and that's a huge. You know, like you obviously want the buy, so the Packers are going to play everyone. Uh, all yes. the Bears can hope for is that. Uh, the Cardinals lose to, you know, we'll, we well, and that's part, that. that's part of the MVP odds consideration. Not only is Mahomes, look, I think if you're listening to this and you are looking to bet on, uh, uh, Rogers to win the MVP, I think anything under two minus 200 is a good bet. What's Josh oh. Allen's 12 to one. Uh-huh. I feel like he's I, I, probably a better value than Mahomes at this point. Cause he's got Monday night football. Oh, I would where agree he get a that. huge game. And then obviously next week, 
You're wasting uh, money if you bet on Josh Allen. They play the Dolphins. Well, Probably. I'm saying best value right now. It's not value if you bet $100 that you know you're going to lose. Not if you think you're going to win. Okay. Well, I don't think I don't think the, the Allen thing is that far fetched, but the, yeah, the it's well, it's twelve to one. All right, Ryan, if it's far fetched, will you get a Josh Allen tattoo if he wins MVP? I can't hear you because I'm, I'm giving you the middle finger under the under the camera. I'll say this: I think that the true odds for a Josh Allen MVP win should be something closer to twenty five to one. So I agree with Wilson in that sense. Like yeah, twelve that, to twelve to one is not enough value that you're getting back to for for Josh Allen to win it. Uh Rogers, though, I think is probably should be like minus two fifty right now. So anything to I would anything minus two hundred or better. Uh, Rogers, if Rogers throws two touchdowns and no interceptions next week, Patrick Mahomes has to probably throw seven touchdowns. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I mean they're both as long as the Packers win and they get the one seed. What if Josh Allen throws four touchdowns Monday and four touchdowns against the Dolphins on Sunday? Because he has the, the Bills, hardest schedule. The Bills still won't be the one seed. He has to throw. He literally has to throw 12 touchdowns in one game, and then he Yeah, can. but he's not the one seed because he's in the same division as the Chiefs. He could still finish 13-3 and three with the same record as the Packers. Same conference, he, but right, yeah. He has to throw, like, five touchdowns and four touchdowns in those two games, and Aaron Rodgers has to go zero touchdowns and three interceptions. I just, yeah, I think that Rodgers has to completely crap the bed and the Seahawks have to steal the one seed for him to lose the MVP race because we're at the point of the season where most of the voters have made up their mind. It sounded like Al and uh, Chris made up their mind on Sunday night before that game was even Al, Al, Al and Chris are perfectly, perfectly encapsulate the the AP voting uh, demographic. I didn't hear what they said. They were all in on Mahomes. No, no they were all in on Aaron Rogers, Rogers oh, like yeah. in the first quarter. This is not. Yeah. This is before the four touchdown yeah. passes. Oh, okay. They're like, you know, Al. Um, and, and look, like Pete Prisco. I don't know what Pete's going to do, but I text with Pete Prisco a lot, and I have a pretty good inclination of what he's going to do. He's going Rogers. That's a no brainer. Yes. He's a Packers homer. He's picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl for five straight years. Of course, he's picking Rogers. Right. I haven't, I haven't texted him. This is me knowing Pete so well. This is obviously what he's going to do. You're not wrong. I mean, <laughs> and here's, and here's the other thing too is that I do think there's a large segment of the voters who all, like all these guys have been covering the NFL for the entire duration of Aaron Rodgers career. I mean, you know, they have watched him play every single snap and they know this is probably one of his last Three years? I so don't like know. if it's a tie, you sentimentally give your vote to Rodgers. That's what I've been saying for like five weeks now, is that I think there could be a lot of people who say, all right, Patrick Mahomes can be in this every year for the next 20 years. This, this is, is probably a vote. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a psycholo- psychological vote. But I mean, he, he's, he's deserved it is my point. Right. But I mean, like if, even if like, even if he has like two, he throws for like 250, two touchdowns and a pick. And isn't that great in week 17, but they win. I think he'll still get it. Yeah. That's actually not a bad sideline, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it. Patrick Holmes hasn't been blowing the doors off people. Right. Exactly. And the Packers are rolling and the Titans are just winging around. And there's, even if the argument is he doesn't have as much help as Mahomes. And even if that's like a spacious argument at best in the sense that his offensive line is probably better. He's a bit of a, it's going to, Oh, no, the weapons are not as good. But the offensive line is probably better and the run game is better. And he's got a very competent coaching staff he's dealing with. Now he doesn't have Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I mean, you can argue that you would take Adams over Tyreek Hill. Oh yeah. I would make that argument. 
Yeah. I'm just saying like it's a little bit closer than I think it looks on the surface, but I think that will benefit uh Rogers as as and I think he'll be the MVP. So I would suggest if you can find it for anything better than minus two hundred, you go vote on it. Packers look awesome. Titans have a little soul searching to do. Uh, here's the thing with the Titans. Are we done with the Titans or are we moving on? Uh I'll tell you what, why don't we talk about the Titans in the context of the AFC playoff race? Because the Titans had a chance if they won the, the game against the Packers to clinch the division, I believe, right? Yes. They would have clinched AFC South. That's correct. Um, <laughs> they would be in a spot where they could lose the AFC South, except the Colts decided to curl up like a little turtle and crap their pants in the second half against. And look, Breach and I talked about this. You know what? I'm not even going to, I'm not going to sit here and let like, like set it up like this and let Ryan bash me. The Steelers won 28 24. They win the AFC North. The over hits. The Steelers win as a pick'em. Ben Roethlisberger finishes with, I believe, kind of a monster game. And Ryan, I'll be perfectly frank. I don't know where the f that came from. Where, like Ben finished thirty-four or forty-nine for three forty-two and three touchdowns. He, J- I saw Jason Lockenfora and other people tweeting about it going into half. Like, is Ben coming out? Is Mason Rudolph coming out as the as the quarterback under center? Because this guy can't inaccurate can't throw downfield and he just started throwing bombs what happened where did this come from i don't know either so robert serio uh, arciero is the producer up here and he's a huge giants fan but he he said he bet on the sealers today at minus one and a half I a said, ton of people did loved him. i said what are you doing have you yeah. you have a good feeling about this and the next thing you know they're down 24 7 and it's the same the same thing you've seen for the last three weeks just uh Short hopping passes, drop passes on the first drive, three and outs. And you're like, okay, this, like I, like, you know, Breach was sort of joking, but I was like, this season's over and whatever. It was a fun run. And then as you point out, they go into halftime. I don't know what happens there. I think part of the issue is Colts fans and, and media will tell you that they got hosed on a couple calls and they did get hosed on a call just before half on a block in the back. And there were wins about some, some PI calls in the second half that, um, I don't think were terrible, but I, I actually don't recall them specifically, but they don't stick out to me. But, I mean, Roethlisberger was dealing. Juju wasn't dropping balls. Deontay Johnson wasn't dropping balls. Eric Ebron wasn't dropping balls. Uh, James Conner didn't do a lot in the run game, but he contributed in the pass game, which he hasn't been doing a lot of lately when he's been in the, on the field. So yeah, it came together. And I don't know what that means, but like I joked to you and, and, um, reach earlier, uh, I'm going to be a huge D bag because I know in two weeks this whole thing's going to be over anyway because the Steelers are going to lose. I don't know. Playoff. But I'll say this before you guys say something. If this game had played out like it was supposed to play, and if the Browns had done what they were supposed to do, over the last month, you would have been right, Brinson, as the Steelers would be the worst team in the AOC North. But uh your boy Phillip Rivers and, and uh Adam Gase had, had different plans, apparently. Yeah, I'm trying to watch this. There's a next-gen stats thing on how the Steelers flipped the switch. But, uh oh, here it is. is uh, well, apparently they flipped the switch because Ben Roethlisberger gave some sort of halftime speech. The worst halftime speech ever. <clears throat> uh, well, apparently it was the best halftime speech but, ever, Wilson. Maybe the Steelers only respond to the worst things uh, because they did respond here. Let's do uh, – look, you're up 24-7 to on a team that has scored 17, 15, 17, and 19 in the past four weeks. This team has not even cracked 20 points in the past four weeks. There's no reason you should blow this lead. And, and like Brinson said, this just came absolutely out of nowhere. Roethlisberger threw for 244 yards in the second half after throwing for less than 100 yards in the first half. Uh, his deep ball that we were talking about on the touchdown pass, De- Deontay Johnson, I think, 
Yeah, that was forty-seven air yards, and then his touchdown, Smith to Juju Juju Smith Schuster, was thirty-five air yards. He had two touchdown passes, two just passes. Period. Forget the touchdown. They went over thirty-five yards in the air in one game. When I'm not sure he had one of those in the past like six weeks. So I mean, my boss all season. He yeah, finished. Yeah. Uh, according to Next Gen Stats, powered by AWS, uh, in the second half, Roethlisberger six of nine for 133 yards and two touchdowns on passes of 10 air yards or more down the field. That is not, he has not done that all season long. His deep ball has been completely non-existent. You and it just, funny? yeah, I'd love to hear something funny. Last night, uh, when Breach and I did HQ before we did the podcast, I said my best bet for Sunday is the under on 35 and a half for the longest completion by Ben Roethlisberger. That was a good, that was a great bet at halftime. Uh, yeah, it was, it's been a great bet the last month. And I'll say one more thing about the Colts. That was the over under 35 and a half. I mean, the under is screaming at you. That's crazy. But that's how much the odds makers had lost faith in Roethlisberger. That, like that really puts it into perspective. 35 and a half. Doesn't what that, you, like, it might as well be a hundred. Well, you're, you're, you're talking about longest completion, not. Just completion. Like you could, you could throw a little pop pass to James Conner. If he runs 36 yards, you lose. Yeah. But, but still, yeah. yeah. You think, Although in the like, odds defense, he only pretext, threw. That's a weight, pretext, numbers way too high for Roethlisberger. Right. right. Exactly. Okay. He only threw one pass over 35 in the game or like that went for like the 47 air yards was only a 39 yard completion. That means you win your bet. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, just quickly about uh, the just, I was going to have one more AWS step. Oh, go ahead. Uh, in the first half, when not under pressure, Roethlisberger, 8 of 13 for 75 yards, which is just horrific. Like, if you're doing that when you're not being pressured, it's a problem. In the second half, when not under pressure, 20 of 26 for 220 yards and three touchdowns. I was, I asked, asked BMAC, Brian McFadden, this on Sunday. I was like, why did it take the Steelers three and a half games to figure out that they can throw the ball down the field? He goes, I have no idea. Like, I don't. I'm just glad they won. And that's how, but it, we've been having, I mean, we've been seeing it starting with the, the Ravens game when the Ravens had no players and then the football team game. And then the Bills game and then the Bengals game. They just only threw two yard passes. I think part of it, and you saw some of it a little bit in the third quarter. Ben Roethlisberger has such little faith in this offensive line that he's going to throw the ball no matter what. He had a couple passes that he threw before the wide receivers came out of the break and he had no one was near him. If he just waited a half a beat, the guy would have been open. And I think that's part of it. But look, man, get out. Of here. If you don't want to get hit, quit playing. I know you're old and your bones are brittle, but make a decision. And the other thing about the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, was dragging the Steelers up and down the field in the first. They, they could not. He was. I said to myself at least three times, "This defense is playing so soft, it's embarrassing." And then they quit giving him the ball. Him and Naheem Himes was going off too. Yeah, they quit giving him the ball in the second half. That was that was really bad by Frank Wright. And Frank Wright typically doesn't do that. Like usually they get a lead and it's like, all right, let's eat. And um, I was lamenting. I'd been thinking about starting Jonathan Taylor, using Jonathan Taylor in DFS. And was just panicking the whole the whole first half because I'm like, oh my god, he's going to keep going nuts in the second half. He was averaging like seven yards a carry in the first half, and it was like every time they gave him the ball, he was just ripping off big runs. And they decided to let Philip Rivers throw way too much in the second half. He was two of nine for 39 yards and an interception. That sounds like Big Ben's numbers on passes of 10 yards or more down the field. Colts now. Colts came into this game. You beat the Steelers, and you have a twenty-four to seven lead at half. No, no, in the third quarter they had twenty-four seven lead. Sure, well, yeah, right, right, right. But you you beat the Steelers, and you just have to beat the Jaguars in Week Seventeen. A and terrible loss, terrible loss for the Colts. This almost, horrible. This might be worse than the Week One loss to the Jaguars. It's way worse than the Week One loss to the Jaguars because they had a huge lead, 
and you just have to close the game out. And, and now instead, you do not control your own playoff destiny. And they're going to win 11 games, potentially miss the playoffs. That's correct. If Miami, Tennessee, and Baltimore, Baltimore and Cleveland and Indianapolis all win, Oof. Indianapolis will miss the playoffs. Now, there are a lot of outs for the Colts there. Uh, if the Titans lose to the Texans, which, you know, not a lot of outs. Well, have you watched the Titans play the last two weeks? <laughs> the Titans can easily I mean, lose the to Texans. the Texans. Have you watched the Texans play the last two weeks? Okay, thank you. I was going to say the Titans. I mean, the bad. Yeah. Are you su- suggesting the Texans suck or what? I mean, they just got smoked today. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, will. but I mean, they have to show. It's you'd rather be playing the Texans than the Jaguars. Really? If I had to, if I had to bet on one team to lose out of the Colts and the Titans this week, like no choice going to my head, I would probably pick the Colts. Yeah, I would take the Titans. Um, the Jaguars at the doors. Blown you'd, off. you'd rather bet on you'd rather bet on Gardner. I mean, uh, Gardner Minshew, Mike Lennon, Jake Luton against Beat the Colts. Once versus Deshaun Watson. Colts. The, the, the Jacksonville's one and zero against the Colts. They're undefeated against the Colts this season. <laughs> You're a They're zero fourteen against everyone else. You're not even a Titans fan. You're not even a Titans fan. They dunked on you though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't hear him right now for some reason. Uh, anyway, I think I think the Colts will win. The tight the Jaguars are friggin' terrible. Yeah, but the other team. I say so. Do we want to go through the other teams? Are that have to win? So the Browns are playing the Steelers. Yep. And as Breach is uh, uh, well, since we're on the Steelers right now, too, what do you think? Breach and I were talking about this on the uh, odds look at. What do you think Mike Tomlin will do uh, with the starters in Week 17? So right now, as it, oh, well, so if the Bills win, they're going to be the third seed. So the Steelers will be the third seed. The Bills win tonight on Monday night; they'll be the second seed. So if that's the case, the the Steelers may not care. They may just rest guys against the, the Browns. That said, the most Browns thing ever. Would be to lose this game to the Jets that we'll talk about. <laughs> to lose to Mason Rudolph. And then to lose to Mason Rudolph. That's right. I mean, that seems perfectly reasonable given how Browns sometimes implode. Well, but, no, 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 no. The Steelers can still, if the. If the Bills went out, the Steelers, it doesn't matter because the, the, the Bills beat them head to head. That's right. Right. Okay. But they're not going to know that going into the game. So Tomlin's going to have to make that decision. Yeah. Before knowing what seat they're the not going to be locked. The Bills play the Patriots. Right. So yeah, if the Bills win no, that, but, they're 12 and three, but the Bills could lose to the Dolphins. The Dolphins have to win. So if the oh, Steelers... oh, I'm sorry. The, I thought the week 17 game was the Patriots. Week 17 is Monday. It's week 16 is Monday night. Tonight, right. Yeah. Right. Right. So the Bills could absolutely, right. the Steelers will okay, yeah. be the two or the three seats. So they'll have something to play for. No, the the question you have to ask yourself seats. is if you're Pittsburgh, do you want to risk it and sit people and play the Ravens or beat the Browns and have to face the Browns again? Potentially. I don't, I don't think you can worry about. Okay. About who you're going to play in the seven right. or the six seed. I think you just have to, because like those things are totally interchangeable with Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, that's, and Indianapolis. I think you just right. sort of, I think you rest people. Well, that's now. So the argument I, I was having this, I was texting with a, some, some buddies earlier. And How many texts do you send a day? Uh, do you want to count my text to my Before wife? Before they started doing like unlimited text packages, did you ever hit your limit and they like cut oh, you off? 100% no, he did. No, but no. All right, go ahead. Me? You're texting about texting. We're probably like a thousand a day. I don't know. Oh my God. Uh, go ahead. I mean, just to my wife. So anyway, the uh, she texts a lot. So what the bleep was I saying? You text your buddy about whether they should sit. Oh, right, right, right. So, so all right, we're all we all bet on the Colts to make the playoffs. We're obviously all 
you know, Rivers guys, we want the Colts to, to make the playoffs and sort of panicking setting in. And I was arguing that I don't think the Steelers will play their guys in week 17. And the argument is that while the second seed would be nice versus the third seed, being able to get a week. So like if you can essentially, if you know you're not going to fall below the third seed, why not? Like, wouldn't you rather have a bye week? Like a, like a quasi, like a half bye week where your guys get a week of rest and aren't beat up versus having a, um, you know, like an extra potential home game in an empty stadium. Also, and we've talked about this weeks ago, Steelers got screwed out of their bye in week four because of the Titans COVID situation. So they haven't had a bye in a while. Their quarterback is 400 years old. And they got screwed out of the mini buy that you're supposed to get after a Thursday game because that Thanksgiving game against the Ravens got moved. So the Steelers essentially have not had a buy all season, which if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm saying, eh, in that case, I got to rest the guys and make sure they're healthy. I'd rather have them healthy for the playoffs as a three seed than try to beat the Browns, a game you might not even win. And then if you lose, you're beat up and you're the three seed. I'd rather be healthy and be the three seed. And the Ravens? Football team, Bill Stretch, that was three games in 12 days. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot they've dealt with. I would, I'm, if I'm Tomlin, I'm probably going to the locker room and be like, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to try and go out there and get the two seed? We've got the division. Um, or do you want to give some guys rest? Now, like there are instances where, you know, you might say, Hey, listen, TJ Watt, you're a very important player for us, but I want you to go out there and win defensive player of the year. Like that, I mean, nope. that matters. Mm-mm, pack it in. So you, you, know, think you wanted to pack it in. Is what you're, you're going to stare at the trophy when you hurt your knee in, in, in the first week of the playoffs. Is that going to make you feel better? Your, your player of the year trophy. I'll, I'll, I'm asking for what you want the Steelers to do as a Steelers fan. Rest starters. I don't care. I think the home advantage, the home field advantage doesn't matter if we talked about and you, you can sort of try to figure out who you're going to play. But like you said, there are four or five teams, four teams anyway, that could get that final uh, wild card, wild card spot and then affect the other seedings above it. Well, and more importantly than anything, really, is that um, you do not want to be the four seed because if you're the if you're the two or the three seed, there is a zero percent chance you will play the Chiefs in the fir- in the divisional round. Yeah, and uh, the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs that we saw last year, but right, you still don't want to play. With I mean, them. if you're, if you're going to pick a team to avoid this year, it's definitely the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, look. Exactly. They're, every team has flaws. The team with the fewest flaws are the Chiefs. So according to Sportsline, sent these out, um, the Ravens playoff chances improved on Sunday from 72% to 96%. Who's? The Ravens. Okay, yeah. Because they play, they, we'll talk about them in a second, they play the Bengals and they're uh, – a Bengals ain't no rollovers. No, we'll get to that in a second. But they're eleven half point favorites. Cleveland fell from eighty nine percent to just sixty percent. The Colts dropped from eighty five percent to seventy six percent. And of course, Tennessee can clinch an AFC South win with the Texans, uh, with a win over the Texans or a Colts loss. Did you say what the Browns thoughts were? I'm sorry. Browns are now sixty uh, percent to make the playoffs, but I don't think that 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 I think that factors in like. Playing the Steelers at full strength. If the Steelers, and remember the Browns are minus seven and a half against the Steelers. So who knows? Um, the Colts, if the Titans lose and the Colts win, the Colts get the division. If the Titans don't win the division, they can clinch a playoff berth with a Ravens or Dolphins loss. And the Colts, if they don't win the AFC South, but, but win their game, 
can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a loss by Baltimore, Cleveland, or Miami. All right. So, so let's talk about the Browns. Okay. So Cleveland. By the way, I wish the, I wish I told Debo to, to get this clip. Remember what I said last night about this game? What'd you say? The Jets are going to win. Did you say that? Yeah. Did you pick them in your pick? Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Debo did get that for us. The Cowboys will be 3-3 three, three after they win tonight, <laughs> and they have a path to nine wins. It's not a difficult path. I was never uh, under the... If <laughs> only you would have said they had a path to the playoffs, Ryan. Then you, you would have gotten the last laugh. Uh, the Cowboys might make the playoffs. We'll get to that, too. But the, look, the Browns... I gotta tell you, man. Yeah, I wish I'd switched my pick to the to the Jets. I mean, obviously, but I, <laughs> I, you know, well, I mean, when all those dudes got ruled out and they're asking Baker Mayfield to play with Marvin Hall as his number one wide receiver, Dude, stop it right there because the Dolphins had zero receivers and Fitzmagic made it happen. Tua didn't for whatever reason, but Fitzmagic came in there and was throwing the ball to anyone. He was throwing to fans that won a contest to start the fourth quarter, put on a <laughs> uniform, and they were making plays. And he didn't have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah. And he wasn't playing the Jets. No, I agree with you. If you, if you want to blame, if you want to blame somebody now, like if I'm, I'm just saying, if I'm a, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm like, really, you couldn't push this game back a couple of days to see if we can oh, get yeah. some. We're down the home stretch. They ain't pushing nothing back. Yeah, that's right. It's like, Hey, listen, if something happened, you guys got, got, you know, got, you know, got a breakout. Well, I mean, the Broncos are like, yo, we played without a quarterback. Right. You can play without your wide receivers. The Ravens, we didn't have half our running backs, even though our game got pushed back a week. You can play without your wide receivers. Uh, but. I they mean, have, I mean, Breach said it last night. Austin Hooper's going to have a big day. I think he had 71 yards. Um, they have 15 targets, seven catches. They had Austin Hooper. They had David Njoku. They had Harrison Bryant. Those are all athletic tight ends. So you had options. And I'll just say this and you guys can talk, but this is Baker Mayfield's a front runner. Now he could be good, but he has to be in an offense in which he is not the primary source of production. Okay. And, um, just to push back a little bit. Okay, go ahead. I mean, he, how did, how did this game end? Well, they lost 23 to 16. They fumbling on a fourth down sneak. Yeah, not great. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined for 15 carries. That's my point. That's it's called Baker, Kevin Stefanski. Baker Mayfield has to, to create productivity when you're asking him to do that. He can't do it. And that's not, a, he's just in his third year. I get all that. I'm not saying I hate Baker Mayfield, but all this talk about him, you know, turning the corner. I think you're right. It has a lot to do with Stefanski in terms of the success he's had. But he can't put the, I mean, they were down, they, were they down 20 nothing? I mean, he can't put a team they on They were down 20 to three. 20 to three. So he can't put a team on his shoulders yet. And maybe he'd come to that. If they're down 10 in the first half in general, that's a struggle for Baker Mayfield. That's all I'm saying. The, the game plan for the Browns, look, the, this is a bad matchup because the Jets are actually good against the run. Although Quentin Williams being out, you're thinking, all right, maybe. Suck. It's not a bad match. No, I, I don't disagree. They didn't, look, they didn't have a good game plan. They came in, Nick, Nick Chubb had like one yard on eight carries or six carries early on. They couldn't get the run game going at all. They were missing multiple offensive linemen because of COVID situations or injuries. And Williams didn't play. I, I just said that. I'm not trying to make excuses for the Browns. They completely crapped their pants in total Browns fashion against a terrible Jets team that at least give them credit. They're playing hard. And Adam Gase brought out I don't know where it's been all season, but he busted out the kitchen sink playbook because he had Jameson Crowder throwing first down touchdown passes to Braxton Berrios. He's a C too. It was such a great throw. That was a really good throw. And it was like on the run on an end around and he's just, he's just whips it down to Braxton Berrios for the touchdown. Uh, they use, they use Crowder in the run game. 
Um, the Jets defense played hard. I, I don't, I, I don't want to make excuses for the Browns. That's a game you can't lose. Like it ought to, I mean, on a scale of if the Colts losing the Steelers game with that lead they had is an eight, this is a 17. I was going to ask which one was worse. Well, I guess you're, oh, the Browns is way worse. You got the Jets to clinch the playoffs. And not only that, if you win this game, you well, might win the division. That's right. They didn't know what was going to happen in Pittsburgh. But and it, the Browns were missing all their wide receivers. Their defense shouldn't have given up 23 points to the Jets. You know, like the Jets were going up and down the field. That's the aspect of the game you forget about. And sure, it does set your defense back a little bit when your offense can't move the ball. And the Browns absolutely couldn't move. I mean, look, I was kind of coin flipped as soon as coin flip game, as soon as everybody got rolled out, as soon as all the wide receivers had to sit out. When the Browns came out on their first possession through three straight passes, when they have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and they and went, no wide receivers, and no wide receivers, and they went three and out, I was like, "Oh my God, the Jets are going to win this by forty points!" Like, what are the Browns doing here? They, they're 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 doing the opposite of what they should be doing, and it was just it, I don't know what Kevin Stefanski has been such a good coach all season. Yeah. Uh, I just thought he overthought this. Maybe he tried to tear up the old game plan and make it a completely new one on Sunday morning. Which you know, if that was the case, they weren't they weren't in a great spot. But man, you got to win this game. You don't want to totally just kill them for it. Cause I mean, you look, you lose five, your top five wide receivers. That's tough, but you have Harrison Bryant. You have uh, Austin Hooper. You, you like you drafted Harrison Bryant with a high pick. You know, David Njoku is a former first round pick and you paid Austin Hooper as a free agent. One of the, he gave him top tight end free agent money this all season and you got two great running backs. So here's an idea. Line up in jumbo three tight end packages on every play, pound the ball, and until the, if the Jets start just creeping linebackers and safeties up, start going play action on them. It's pretty simple. Just t- go back, go get down on the field and throw rocks until the Jets just give up and go home. And that's you know Kevin Stefanski's done a good job game planning, but that was a that was a, you know I understand in a, it's a, in a bad day at the office, bad day at the office, and now they have to hope the Steelers rest players. Do you? There is, we talked about this recently, the, um, the whole, uh, Marvin Lewis rests his players against Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan gets in the playoffs, curb stomps him in the playoffs. Marvin Lewis loses the playoff game. Time is a flat circle, yada, yada, yada. Do you worry at all if you're a Steelers? Uh, no, no. Okay. I'm playing. This is borrowed time in my mind. You have two weeks left. Big Ben's old. You don't know what's going to happen. They may start throwing Dink and Duncan, Dink and Duncan. They may start dinking and dunking again. So I enjoyed the Colts win. Rest your starters. Let Big Ben's arm rest. And whatever happens uh, in the first week of January uh, in terms of the playoffs, go crazy. Well, you're not worried that you might see the Browns? And- I mean, you might see the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Yeah, I would rather see the Browns. The Browns just lost to the Jets. I told you. No, but, no, but I'm like, you're not worried about, like, resting your starters and you play the, like, you're like, all right, these guys let us in the playoffs. Like, they disrespected us, that sort of thing. Okay. All right. You got to play somebody. Got to play somebody. And, and what, but let's not forget, even if you have Ben Roethlisberger on the bench, like Steelers beat the Browns last season with Duck Hodges. And like their defense, Pittsburgh's defense is so good that it's not a given if they keep Ben Roethlisberger on the bench that Cleveland's going to win this game. And that's the other thing. Right. I mean, and the, the Browns have been known in important games to do things that don't make a lot of sense. Sure. Uh, but anyway, credit to Baker Mayfield. Got on the Zoom call after the game and said, I failed this team. He answered one question. 
And he said, do not, whatever you do, do not blame the wide receivers who showed up uh, today. He said, I put three balls in the ground, two of them that they recovered and the other on fourth down. Just hold on to the damn ball. Plain and simple. I have to hold on to the damn ball. Uh, Adam Gase. He's not, he's not, he's not going to steal well, his job and, back. Is he? And those Baker fumbles <laughs> led to 10 points for the Jets. They got a yep. touchdown off the one in the first half and a field goal off the one in the second half. And also, the Browns got kind of hosed over on a call by the officials uh, when Sam Darnold appeared to fumble the ball. Oh, that was a bad one. Returned it for a touchdown, and they called an incomplete pass. And it was straight up in the air, if not backwards. That was, was like a touchdown. Awful call by the officials. And unsurprisingly, they screwed it up. There was one of those in Washington, Carolina, too, that we'll get to as well. But uh, So Adam Gase not getting fired Monday, as J- Jason Bakafor reported a loss might Caused him to get fired. He's he's definitely gonna get, get fired. fired. Yeah, you're not bringing him back. The offense has been terrible. You sure? All right, you you hire him then. No, absolutely not. He's okay, there's your answer. It's rain and talking. What if they beat the Patriots and end the season? With they have three to beat the Patriots. Wins? They have to beat the Patriots by 200 points for Adam Gase to save his job. What if they literally win 51 to seven? If they win 51 to seven, will you get a tattoo of Adam Gase's taco eyes on your butt? Breach, that's to you. That's Me or good. Wilson. You, Breach. I'll, I'll draw it. If they win exactly 51 to 7, I will. Okay, there you go. All right, hold on. We'll put that in the in the podcast tattoo bank. What's, Jets, what's, what's more likely, the the Steelers losing to Ryan Finley or 51 points by the Jets against the Patriots? Oh, my God. Now I've got to sweat this one out. Can you imagine if it's like 40, it's like 42, uh-huh. or it's like some number where it's like, you know, you can't like get it's like, uh, my blog. Or no, it's like, it's like 40. Three to it's like forty three to seven, and the Jets had the ball. Like, well, they're definitely going to run out the clock. And Gase is calling like deep shots, and then like right, and he, goes, the, for two he goes for two. He wants to run up the score, and he, and he like looks up at like the camera, and he's like, <laughs> like hey, Gase, listen, it's cool. I know I'm getting fired. I'm running up the score on Belichick. Yeah, uh, or he listens. He wants Breach to get a seven fifty one to seven. All right, fifty one to seven. Breach gets a get Adam Gase ta- uh, taco eyes tattoo on his butt. Well, I'm part Mexican. The taco will work out. I don't know how the gay thing is going to look, but explain that one. All right. What's next? Uh, what's next is the Ravens beating the Giants 27 to 13. The Ravens covered easily one of my best bets. I went two and four on my best bets. I stink this year. Uh, the, uh, but my picks are good. Uh, the under 43 and a half hits. Lamar Jackson was pretty great. And as we mentioned, the Ravens jack up their playoff odds to 96%. I believe if uh, they win, they're in. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. So they have to beat the Bengals, who are their 11.5-point favorites. Uh, we've seen crazier things happen. True that. Crazier things have happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Where do the Ravens rank in terms of the possible wildcard teams? So there are... Five possible wild card teams. Are we ranking the Dolphins with Fitzpatrick or without Fitzpatrick? The Dolphins, as you know them, as in three quarters of two and one of Fitzpatrick. Right. Okay. Fitzpatrick okay. is the relief pitcher. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's called a closer, Brian. Uh, so you're a Steelers fan. You are, uh, trying to, you're ranking how you're these, these play, these possible. I don't want to face number one, the Ravens, number two, the Titans, number three, the Colts, number four, the Dolphins, and then the Bengals. 
I mean, sorry, it's the Bengals, the, the Browns. Oh, yeah, I mixed up the Bengals and the Browns. What a slap in the face. Yeah, it is a slap in the face. Everyone. Uh, what about you, Breach? How do you think they rank out? I, I do agree that the Ravens are the team I would not want to face. I mean, they've won four in a row. They've gone over 34 points in three of those games. 27 was their lowest output. Um, so I'd go Ravens as the top. Probably Titans two, Colts three. Browns four, Dolphins five. Oh, it's Patrick playing four quarters. I up the Dolphins to second or third. Second, yeah. second or third, seven. I mean, look, in the wild card, out of the wild card teams, not in the AFC. So the Ravens uh, odds to win the Super Bowl twelve to one. The Steelers twenty to one. On William Hill right now, uh, and Debo and I have a mind melt going because I was about to go look at that myself. Um, and by the way, Baltimore can actually clinch with a win. A Cleveland loss or an Indianapolis loss. By the way, that reminds me, my Super Bowl picks looking a lot better now. Tampa Bay over Baltimore. Ooh, that's fun. They're both twelve to one. They're uh, they're tied there at twelve to one. I think the thing with the Ravens, and I don't know that you can bet them at twelve to one, even though they're probably going to get in. Um, I don't hate one. I don't. I don't hate them. I, I, you just wish you'd bet them at. I like that twelve to one much better than Josh Allen twelve to one. For sure. For sure, I agree with that. Um, the the thing, the, but. The, the reason I would be interested in betting it is because over the last four weeks, they finally, like, Lamar looks like he did at the beginning of 2019. So if they somehow reverse engineered this thing where they, you know, like, like if that team in the beginning of 2019 was unstoppable and for much, and for stretches of the regular season too, like after they lost, uh, what was it lost to San Francisco? I don't even remember. Yeah, it was like a sloppy rain game, I think. Is that, no, no, that was. No, no, they lost to Cleveland. They didn't, they didn't lose again. Yep. Cleveland hung a 40 burger with Nick Chubb when Baker Mayfield was doing the, um, like running down the field for Nick Chubb and, and, and then they didn't lose again. This is what Baltimore kind of looks like right now. I don't know if it's as good. Their defense isn't quite as dangerous as it was at the end of last year. Um, but offensive line, but man, I mean, they can, if they get a lead on you, they can lean on you. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson still isn't lighting it up in terms of 17 26, but he did have two touchdowns. Uh, no interceptions. Marquise Brown had a touchdown getting more involved. Des Bryant's had touchdowns in back to back games and JK Dobbins. Um, he's, he's going to be a problem. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Uh, by the way, the, the Ravens losses this year, Kansas City, twice to Pittsburgh, New England and Tennessee. That's it. Those are not bad losses. That New England, problem. New England stinks. And you shouldn't have, the point. Yeah, but like they the teams that they've beaten outside of the Patriots are all gonna be playoff the teams that they lost. Well, and all four of those play. five losses were by one score. So there were all games Baltimore could have conceivably won, and you know, all of a sudden that playoff berth is already locked up. So I mean that's what makes them scary, is they can literally beat anyone except for the Chiefs. But and go then, ahead, Breach, tell you finish the story about what go ahead. You, you know what I'm gonna say? Uh that you can't take them to win the Super Bowl because to win the Super Bowl, you got to win a playoff game first. And the Ravens haven't won a playoff game with Lamar Jackson. Isn't it unbelievable that breach of glass all people? House, glass houses breach? Yeah, Marvin Lewis. Andy My glass Dalton. house shattered, when, but now it's being built up back with Andy Dalton's eyelashes. Uh, but that, we'll talk about that later. Breach, breach sleeps in a pile no, of glass I heard shards. it for five straight years how Andy Dalton can't win a playoff game. I just want to see Lamar Jackson win a playoff game. That's it. He yes, wants like it. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, it's you know what that you know what it is. So dude. if he loses in the wild card round this year and goes zero and three, that's not a thing that people are going to talk about all off season. Of course it is. People talk about it all last off season. But you're like you're the guy who's like projecting your own shortcomings <laughs> on somebody else. Reach. Yeah, he's like, the AFC North. Right, it's an AFC North quarterback who hadn't won a who hadn't won a playoff game. You like you are loving the idea of Lamar Jackson being, being the new three. Andy Dalton. That's yeah, right. yeah. He has a um, Google alert for Lamar Jackson loses playoff games. Uh, if the Ravens are the Ravens are favored over who the Bills, Steelers, and Titans, any of those teams? Titans, I think, given the way the Titans played, depending on what the Titans do in week seventeen, but I think the Titans. The other Steelers, two, Steelers are favored over the Ravens at, in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, it'll be like I bet it'll be like one and a half too. Yeah, and the Bills are probably favored over the Ravens. Three and a half, I bet. Yeah. Mm. Uh, quickly before we move on, I wanted to say this about uh, the Giants who lost this game, and we have oh, why? Just one one thing. Uh, Giants Daily tweeted this out after the game. The Giants are 14 and 33 since hiring Dave Gettleman as their general manager. Only teams with more losses than the Giants during that span. Don't say it. Are the Jets? Sorry, and the Bengals and, and the Jets. Yeah. So the point is, they they were in the. I mean, look, they're still. They're not. They're not eliminated. They're not out of it. But the the problem is that I think they should be doing better. And, and Jason Lockapore wrote about this on on Sunday evening, Monday morning. Uh, Jason Garrett may maybe out of a job at some point in the offseason as the OC. Yeah. Well, uh, the Giants they may want to reach. They've averaged eight point seven points in their last three games. Eight point seven. Even the Steelers think that's future. Is that good? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's. If you're playing baseball. It is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you you're playing soccer. It's good too. You don't. You don't get points in baseball. I um, I, I maybe they could. Maybe they could rethink the Freddie Kitchens experiment. <laughs> that went so well last week. <laughs> all, right, uh, all right. No, you're fine. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll tell you. Why the Rams may find themselves on the outside looking in of not just the division, but the playoffs as a whole. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes. You can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Seahawks 20, Rams 9. I, yeah, 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 yeah. If it weren't for Carson Wentz, Jared Goff would be under a microscope. But according to a report uh, initially from Mike Silver and Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, Jared Goff has a broken right thumb. Ryan is doing the thing on the YouTube where you can't see the thumb. Be careful. There are people out there with no thumbs, like my stepfather-in-law. <laughs> Actually, I was like, I was like, Pop, I didn't know you were left-handed. And my wife and mother-in-law look at me. They're like, he doesn't have a thumb on his right hand, Brinson. He's one-handed. I was like, uh, oh, I didn't think about that. I guess you can't write like that. I guess you could. Remember. <laughs> yeah, so he, has, he, has, he literally has no thumb. It's crazy. It happens. Remember. uh I thought it happened in like the war or something, but it was like a, it was like a fireworks accident. <laughs> I was going to say like, was he like using like a, a shot class or something? Uh, remember also yesterday when that might I, have been it. Yeah. When I wasn't talking about uh, the Jets winning against the Browns, I also said, Hey, who would you rather have Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield? And you guys sort of laughed at me. I think that's, it, it's still a uh, half a dozen. Wait, did we laugh at you? I, feel like I, la- I laughed answer. at you. 
I thought you soon said Baker Mayfield. I think we both said Baker, but just like begrudgingly. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think now it's like more clear than ever that you don't want Jared Goff. Let me, let me, this stat blows my mind for a couple of reasons. So in the last two seasons, Baker Mayfield is fifth in terms of all time turnovers, uh, turnovers last two seasons is 33. Uh, you know who number one is? Jared Goff. Yes, yeah, Jared Goff. 37 tied with Daniel Jones coming into this week. So I think he has 23 games in that stretch with a turnover too. That's amazing. The most amazing part of this stat, you know who th- is third on the list? Daniel Jones. James Winston. James Winston. He is <laughs> yeah. at 35. He has not played one snap this year, maybe just one snap. But that, yeah, Daniel Jones is tied for first. So anyway, go ahead. No, that's, that's incredible. Um, no, I mean, look, you know, the Rams were a team that, uh, Breach and I were kind of high on. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Uh, I kept And now it doesn't seem, uh, now it doesn't seem so smart because, man, they have been just terrible. And I, I, I mean, Goff wasn't good, and they still had a chance to win this game. They were down at the one-yard line for two plays in the third quarter. Couldn't score. The play calling was just horrible. Sean McVay usually does a great job of play calling. Play calling was horrible there. Jamal uh, Adams made a great play on that one uh, touchdown-saving tackle against Daryl Henderson, I think. Yeah, that was on. That's how they got down to the one. That was a run from the four um, that got saved, obviously, the touchdown, and the, they were set up at the one-yard line. Jared Goff tried a QB sneak, which literally you can tell how athletic a quarterback is by their QB sneak. Like Tom Brady does not get stopped on a QB sneak. Jared Goff looked like a meatloaf trying to, like, roll down a pan covered in syrup. Like, that is just how absurd this was. He had no chance. He literally had no chance. I know any Rams fan watching this was probably, like, pulling their hair out because it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, and then on fourth, they went up the middle with Malcolm Brown and, and, and not even up the middle, went to the right a little bit and had no chance. It, okay. Again, it had, I mean, it was just Bad look at the, play look calling. the Steelers running play. By the way, oh, the, by, I, I was going to add to the, uh, Jared Goff's 23rd game with a turnover since the start of 2019. The turnover was one of the worst interceptions off ever see. There was no one wearing a Rams uniform. By the way, those Rams uniforms, I don't know if I like them out there. They're like a dingy white and, you know, they're bone. The color is yeah, bone. That's the thing. Um, it's, it's a fine. I think look. they're actually made out of bone too. That would explain why Jerry Cuff had trouble throwing the ball overhand. It was a very restrictive jersey. But that interception was terrible. At times, it felt like Sean well, it, it, well, real quick, the interception was a game-breaker because the Rams were up 6-3. to three. They were in Seahawks territory inside the 30-yard line. If he doesn't throw an interception, if they just kneel it three times and kick a field goal, you're up 9-3 to three going into halftime, which is a huge difference than being tied 6-6. Six to six. They also, you know, look, you can't – so John Walford is the guy who might have to start for the for That's the, the other thing. What? Why is he the backup? Yeah. What? It is weird. So Sean, Sean McVay, we all agree, is a very good coach. Certainly better than other. Coaches. A little too conservative sometimes for being a young. A little player. too conservative. He's one of the most conservative coaches in football. He's a really good run designer, or like a like a play designer. He's a good play caller. He's a smart game planner. But he's in game. He's incredibly conservative. It's infuriating. Like you can't be him and Cliff Kingsbury. How can you be that? Young and good looking and cool and offensive Innovative. and, and be so conservative when it comes to going for it on fourth down. It drives me bananas. I wonder um, if that a lot of it perhaps has to do with the quarterback being Jericho. 
No, I think that's just who McVay is. But, you know, with golf, you have to have a good run game going. Cam Akers is probably unlikely to play. It's a high ankle sprain. There's almost no chance he plays in Week 17. Daryl Henderson almost scored a touchdown in this. Daryl Henderson ran the ball pretty well. And he had a great run around the edge and was about to go into the end zone and got walked down by Jamal Adams on a crazy play, like a crazy tackle. It resulted in uh, Henderson leaving, I believe, with um, a uh, an ankle injury. So he might not be able to play week 17. And Malcolm Brown is just a guy. And they they went they had a first and goal on the one after we the Henderson. We literally, we literally just talked about this. I, I know, but I'm I, I know that, but I'm saying that the Henderson injury is a problem. Okay, yeah, no, I agree. I think Jerry Goff's a bigger problem. I think you can find a quarter a running back much easier than you can find John Walker. Yeah, but you but you 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 drafted one two guys in the second round, in or maybe Henderson was third round. You drafted like you you, you got Malcolm Brown and a banged up offensive line and Jerry Goff. Okay. I mean, he's not terrible, but the point is, I mean, Jared Goff's the problem. Well, I mean, well, we're going to find out. I think, week I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what John Wolford can do in the Rams offense. I think everybody's wondering what could another quarterback do in Sean McVay's off- offense. What if they go out and win with him? What if they win a playoff game with him? You know, Does that throw a wrench in anything, or is it yeah, we owe Jared yeah. Goff so much money it doesn't matter? What are, what are we talking about? John Wolford's not going to go out and do you don't think he can beat the Cardinals? McVay's never Breach lost the Cardinals. said, Breach, we did the early line look ahead, and the, the Cardinals before the golf injury were minus, the Rams were minus five. Yeah. And Breach was like, I think it'll probably go down to like two or three. Maybe one, but I said the Rams would be No, favored. the Cardinals are going to be favored now with no golf. Yeah, I mean, that seems reasonable. I don't, Cardinals, think, golf, the Cardinals, I don't think golf's worth five points. John Wolford's, he's never thrown an NFL pass. He's about to throw about 30 of them. <laughs> Might be 50. <laughs> Might be 50. Um, quickly for the Seahawks, here's something that's worth noting. And, and I'll, I'll ask the question first and then add a comment and you can answer the question. Is Jamal Adams worth two first round picks? Number one. Yeah. And number two, last six games, this Seahawks defense is allowing fewer than 14 points a game. Uh, no is the answer to Jamal Adams. Is he worth two first round picks? And I like Jamal Adams because he is, as you guys probably know, a friend of the podcast. Uh, yeah, and also a friend of Pat Pete and BMAX podcast. He's on our podcast. Well, but before theirs, you were sitting there at the Super Bowl with him. I was waiting. Yeah. When, when Breach tried to steal the hat, remember that? The Wilson hat? Yeah. Uh, Jamal? the Wilson hat that was made of pigskin. Well, Jamal Adams actually said, hate animals. That's right. Jamal, I gave, I gave you mine. Jamal, is, Jamal, Jamal Adams actually said to me, we're the best defense in the league. You can quote that. Said, well, yes, of course they're going to quote that. You're saying it to somebody. And we haven't even played our best football yet. That's the scary part. Now I would push back a little bit on the notion. And I said this a few weeks ago, I believe. I know I said it on Seattle well, radio. Though, is he worth two picks at number 25 then? No. Okay. Go ahead. Not if you had to pay him. Here are the quarterbacks. That Jamal uh, Adams has yeah. faced in the stretch that you just referenced. Carson Wentz, Daniel, oh, excuse me, Carson Wentz, Colt McCoy. Third round pick. Sam Darnold. First round pick. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. Oh, God. Undrafted free agent. First round pick. And uh, Jared Goff. There you go. He's crushing it. Actually, all the quarterbacks they've played, they've been like high picks. Yeah. Um, my point being is that I think that, yeah, actually, Wentz, 
Okay, you know, Dwayne's Colt McCoy, Sam Darnold, uh, Dwayne Haskins and Jared Goff, all first, third round picks are better. I, I just, I just think Seattle's getting a little fat and happy against some, some bad defense. But it's an improvement over, over the season. first 10, the first nine games was a debacle meant to make up a word. No doubt about it. Jamal Adams has helped, um, breaches Carlos Dunlop has helped and, you know, they're trending in the right direction as, as the old people say. Seattle unders are hitting like, and crazy. well, this felt like the test too, where you're saying, uh, they're, they're just building up these great defensive numbers because their last four weeks have been against three NFC East teams and the Jets and those four quarterbacks Brinson just mentioned. So it was like, well, what do we do? Can we sustain this against a Rams offense that has kind of had their way with us over the past couple right. of years? That's the other thing. And they did. So I, I think you have to give them credit at some point because otherwise, you're going to go playoff making your pick saying, my God, they beat CJ Bethard. They beat broken thumb Jared Goff and all the quarterbacks Princeton just mentioned. That will be their six games going into the postseason. Okay. So the Cardinals and the Rams will play and the winner goes to the playoffs. And then the loser has Mike to go to the playoffs, has to see what happens in Bears Packers. If the Bears win, the loser of Rams Cardinals is out. And if the Bears lose, then both the Rams and Cardinals are in. That is correct, right, Breach? If the Bears lose, then the Cardinals are out if they lose. If the Bears lose and go 8-8, eight eight, uh, the Cardinals right. are out at 8-8. Eight eight. That's right. The Bears have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. Yes. So if the Car- if the Bears win, the and winner of Rams... The winner of Rams and Cardinals is in, and the loser is out. If the Bears win, Rams-Cardinals is an elimination game. Correct. If the Bears lose and the Cardinals beat the Rams, the Cardinals and Rams are in. If the Bears lose and the Rams beat the Cardinals, the Rams and Bears are in. The Bears losing, obviously the Rams, they're playing at the same time, so it's not like they can plan for it. But if all of a sudden the Packers are up like 45 to nothing and you're the Rams and – or, or yeah, if the yeah if the Bears are losing, and it doesn't matter to the Rams anymore, you know, like you have your backup quarterback in. Are you just calling run plays and just like trying to get out of there and end the game? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like yeah. if you get to halftime and the Bears are getting stopped, so but you know you're in the playoffs no matter what. Are happens you? Are you? How much? How much score checking do you think is happening in that Rams game? I feel like there's because you be can't have a phone, but you can get like you know updates. Well, obviously. I mean, it's, they get the scores in the in the stadium, and I'm sure they, you're going to have an assistant coach on watch. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, maybe. some coaches do it differently. They don't want to like, right, that, right, right. That you want to know. That you. Everyone's know. checking at halftime. I'll say that. Yes. At the minimum. Yeah. At the bare You're minimum. You're getting an update at halftime. Like, hey, what's Rogers doing? Oh, it's thirty-one to seven over Trubisky. All right. You know what? We're going to run the ball with Malcolm Brown thirty-two times in the second half because we know we're in no matter what. Right. And, and the Cardinals not, would love that. And uh, did the Seahawks win the division? Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. As I predicted, nerds. Yeah. You know what Brian, else I predicted? Brian, I also predicted it. Here's what you didn't predict. Wow. The Giants winning the division, which they can still do. <laughs> Funny you mentioned that, but before we get to the Giants, we're going to talk about the Panthers. Actually, I guess we already talked about the Giants. Panthers took down, speaking of things that predict, people predicted, I predicted the Panthers would take down the Washington football team, and they did. Panthers win 20 to 30. Teen setting up um, a crazy final week for the NFC East, except for, you know, actually we'll combine these two games, except for. Mm. Mm. Sorry, Debo. 
the one team that is no longer in the playoff hunt in the NFC East, the former minus like 500 favorite, the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost to, oh, no. Oh, God, no. Is that Andy Dalton's music? Andy, Andy Dalton lights up the Eagles. 37 to 17. They were up 14 to 3, the Eagles were. And then can I, can I just say real quick that this was like getting five bonus Christmases today. I mean, first, the Bengals won at one, which we'll talk about for five seconds, so I'm mentioning it right now. And that, that blew my mind. And then this Cowboys win where Andy Dalton played his mind out. I mean, Debo, every time Andy Dalton threw a touchdown pass, were you like, I don't even want to be a part of the podcast because all Breach is going to talk about is Andy Dalton. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about muting you right now, but you know, Andy Dalton can do that against practice squad defensive backs all he wants. Congratulations to Andy Dalton for that. Um, he will not make the playoffs and we know he, he won't make the playoffs and we know he won't win a playoff game. So I'm okay. Two dunks in one sentence. That sounds like wow. a sore loser. Debo, um, well, Debo, you can send your twenty dollars to an escrow account that I've set up, and I will keep it <laughs> until uh, the winner is due to be paid next week. Well, I lost my arse on the Eagles at seven to one to win the. Uh, I was feeling good about it. Jalen Hurts looked good out of the gate. Um, all right, so Debo, we'll, we'll, we're, okay, we're lumping all these two games into one. But I do think the Cowboys Eagles might be a little more interesting. I mean, 37-17, Cowboys win. Uh, I right, so where, where is your head at with respect to Philly's season? I'm sure that you believed up until the final Jalen Hurts fourth quarter fumble that the Eagles were going to manage to pull out a comeback. And, um, you know, where is your head at for 2021? This is obviously not what Eagles fans hope for. And, you know, it would be pretty trying. Like you'd almost rather be the Bengals, you know, just a pathetically run organization with no hope and no future whatsoever, rather than the the Eagles who now you're going to have like nine months of turmoil. Yeah. You guys know that I've been pretty calm all season and, and hopeful <laughs> that the Eagles would win the division because I realized early on how bad this division would be. So in the back of my mind, I was always like, okay, they're still going to be in it in week 16, probably week 17. So I, I, was, I was pretty calm about how things were going, knowing that things weren't great and things had to be addressed in the offseason, but with the hope of the playoffs and maybe anything could happen at the end of it. After today, I was, th- this is the most pissed I've been all season. I was, wow. I was, I was upset. You know, you can make the excuses that, they're depleted with injuries and they were, it started on offense and, and this week it transitioned to the defense and that was clear with the way that Andy Dalton played. You can make excuses with, you know, referees not knowing what a fumble is, but ultimately Jalen Hurts wasn't good enough today. I, I think, you know, we, we have to temper ourselves a little bit after two games and calling him a franchise quarterback. The, the execution wasn't there. Doug, Doug Peterson, Play calling wasn't there. It's it's really disappointing. You know, you think amongst one of the all-time bad divisions that you can at least be alive in Week 17 and at least have that chance against Washington, and to fall short a week short, it, it's it's depressing. It's I think it's particularly tough because you know we looked at these early odds and the Eagles are two-point favorites over Washington despite being eliminated from the playoffs, it's also tough because you're the one team out of these four little 
turd piles that is, you know, not in the hunt in week 17. Like you just don't have any hope. And then, you know, as soon as week 17 ends, you know, there's no magical playoff run. Nick Foles isn't. And the great irony is that part of the reason they're in the situation is because the beach, uh, breaches Bengals, the tie. Yeah. Tie doesn't look so good. They now, win that game. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> I mean, there's passive aggressive breach. I don't think that was through the door. <laughs> the, the tie was going to be the helpful breach. thing. The tie was going to be what I, I, I said all season from I, the Bengals no. game. Six, nine and one was going to pay off until, until today where injuries and, and everything else caught up with them. But yeah, the off season, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm going through like draft prospects about 30 minutes after that game ended. And you know, you're going to have probably a top five pick i never ever root for them to lose until they're all the way out but i i hope they get blasted by by washington next week but the the quarterback thing and and i'm trying not to devote too much attention to it now because i know it's going to consume everything in the offseason but oh yeah it's uh it's an interesting one and jalen hurts looked like a rookie today Started strong, like Ryan said, fourteen to three. It's it's inexcusable after that fact. You get outscored thirty four to three the rest of the way. Uh, has a has a fumbling and, problem, just like Andrew Carson Wentz, Gregory Dalton. Here's my prediction. So tell me what you think, Eva. I think here's what's going to happen. They're going to go into the off season, and they're going to say it's going to be an open quarterback competition. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It's Carson Wentz's because he makes too much money. Jalen had didn't look great on Sunday. Jalen will play in week seventeen. We'll we'll see what comes of that. But I think. Carson will have the job coming out of training camp and he'll have four weeks and then it'll be a wrap. That, that's just my guess. And then it's just the same thing as, as we went through this year. Yeah. But I mean, I don't but think, they, but they make the move earlier like they should have. Cause I don't think anyone's trading for Carson Wentz at that price tag, right? Maybe John Elway. Maybe John Elway. See, we've seen crazier things happen with trades in the NFL and, and I think removing some some bias i think some teams might see uh, the tad of potential of of 2019 and prior rather than looking at 2020 carson went so maybe a team identifies that and targets him but that's one of those things we have a lot of time to talk about as well yeah we we don't need to uh, belabor that point right now uh, we somebody will- on twitter said because the cowboys ended the eagle season that debo should have to get an Andy Dalton tattoo and let me draw it. You said that tweet, dummy. <laughs> from this is from like at Bron Jeech. Yeah, I will uh, shout out a podcast listener that challenged me in the offseason to make a bet for charity. And he said that the Giants would finish with more wins than the Eagles. And, and I honestly thought. Andrew was was the biggest idiot in the world. I'm happy to donate to his charity, though. I, I honestly thought he was he was one of the the dumbest people I've ever encountered on the internet. But um, I will I will. Eva, you sound so defeated. You guys can tie. What if the Eagles win next week and the Giants lose? Then the Eagles will have a better record, and and I'm back in it. Ooh, that would be a discussion. Like more wins or better records? Giants still in it. Cowboys still in it. Washington still in it. Debo's money is an escrow. One of us will be $60 richer as of Sunday night with the two teams play on Sunday night football. Who do you think wins the, on, who do you think wins Washington Philly and who wins the NFC East, Ryan? So let me do the math. Breach, you can correct me. So the Giants play, who do they play next week? Cowboys. So the Giants have to be the Cowboys. 
and then they need the Eagles to beat football team. And if that happens, I'm winning that money because the Giants are going to the playoffs, baby. What? So, you know what's funny? Is I also am going to stick with my team. I think that I think the winner of the Giants Cowboys game is going to the playoffs. I think Washington's going to lose because their quarterback situation is such trash right now. Uh, the final score is going to be like nine to six because that defense line is going to pound Jalen Hurts. And I think the winner of the Cowboys Giants game is going to the postseason. I think it's going to be the Dallas Cow. The Dallas Cowboys are going to the playoffs. So it's pretty simple. If Washington wins. And this is why the Washington Philly game, despite it being Jalen Hurts against Taylor Heineke or Steven Montez is on Sunday night football. If Washington wins, they are in the playoffs no matter what. The outcome of Dallas, New York does not affect Washington Philly. Philly is out. Washington is in if they win. But if Philly beats Washington, the winner of New York Dallas will go to the playoffs. So I would urge NBC to Take the team that won earlier in the day, Dallas or New York, get some kind of cameras on these guys and let them watch. Like, give us a simulcast channel. Go to NBC Sports, the NBC Sports channel, and give us a feed of whether it's Jason Garrett, Joe Judge, and Freddie Kitchens. Like announcing the uh, tournament bracket for NCAA. Exactly. Maybe they're eating one of those popcorn tins you get at Christmas. Uh, of course, you know, you know, Obviously, Joe Judge is the regular popcorn. Freddie Kitchens is caramel, and Jason Garrett is slamming the cheese popcorn. But um, yeah, give us that. Give us that broadcast. Okay, moving along to uh, the Bears and Jaguars. We have to talk about this game, huh? Yeah. Bears beat the crap out of the Jaguars. Mr. Trubisky was pretty good. Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown. Two touchdowns. He gets two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. You know crap is going good for the Bears when Jimmy Graham is catching two touchdowns. Seriously. Uh, the Bears have scored 30-plus points in four straight games for the first time since 1965. The coach of that team, George Hallis, Gail Sayers was on that club. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky since week 12, 248.6 passing yards, 68% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, four picks, 7.4 yards per attempt. Um, do the Bears breach make the playoffs? I think they do. Um, I think I said it on Saturday night's podcast that I could very well see the bears getting in at eight and eight. So maybe they beat the Packers. They probably don't beat the Packers, but I, I, I know it sounds crazy because Jared Goff is probably out for this Rams game, but I think the Rams probably beat the Cardinals. I think the bears are getting to the postseason. to Brinson's chagrin. Although Brinson, you know, you hated them. Then I feel like you kind of jumped on the bandwagon in support. And then you hate loved them because you were picking them, hoping they would lose. And then you decide you're going to pick them to lose every week. And then you notice they were good and you were back on their bandwagon. Where are you right now? Right, it's a great question, Breach. I appreciate you asking. <laughs> um, so official stance on the Bears currently is that uh, nothing has changed. So I, I feel completely vindicated on the Bears. The people who are peacocking at five and one, when they're the number one seed in the NFC, in the NFC, obviously have to know they were wrong, right? Like the Bears cratered and lost a bunch of games in a row and looked like frauds. The Bears are not, the Bears are not a good football team. Now, I am a little nervous that they would get to the playoffs and make some kind of run, but all of that is mitigated by the fact that I am feel supremely confident the Bears will not win a Super Bowl or make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, don't, don't you agree with that? Will you get a Mitchell Trubisky tattoo if the no. Bears win the Super Bowl? Mm, um, 
I'm getting, I am getting Adam Gase with taco eyes if the Jets beat the Patriots 51 to 7. Ryan Wilson is going to have a Ryan Finley tattoo by this time in April. I think that four weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah, sure, whatever. But now it's like, whoa, we're sort of getting attacked by karma here. I mean, we, we know so many Bears fans that uh, I think they would eat this up. They would probably learn how to tattoo people online just so they could do it to you. The Bears are 80 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That is some deep odds. So, uh, I, man, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Where's Wilson to help me talk you I into this? I can't, I can't deal with that. So you're going to talk trash about the Bears all season, but not back it up and say they can't win it. Um, I mean, they're just not going to win it, but like, I want them to get to the playoffs because I want Mitchell Trubisky to get a contract extension. I want Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to stick around. I want the Bears fans to lose. I want them to suffer through a first round loss and all of this baggage that comes with it to torpedo the franchise. Cause right, I mean, well, the Cardinals are also 80 to one. What if I said I'll get a Cardinals tattoo if Arizona wins it all? Who do you think is more likely to win at 80 to one? I don't want to say because <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the Cardinals. You think no, it's the Bears? I think the Bears are more likely than the Cardinals. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray, I feel like is more likely to go get loose than. I oh mean, my god. The goodness. Bears are not winning the effing Super Bowl. It's just so not happening. If you were watching on YouTube. Wilson had to go to the bathroom, but he's back. So I got to refresh him on what just happened. Wilson. Yeah. You know, Princeton's been talking trash about the Bears all year. So I asked him if the Bears won the Super Bowl, would he be willing to get a Mitchell Trubisky tattoo? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? He won't do it. <laughs> I'm a, a little gun shy after you've got this Ryan Finley situation <laughs> unfolding. How great would it be if the Jets scored 57, 51 next week and the Bears won the Super Bowl? We all three had to get to <laughs> Never together. Had, it's like a combined a hundred years of life, no tattoos. And then all of a sudden tattooed like three tattoos in the span of two weeks. Um, 80 to one. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. I've, I feel pretty confident about that. So uh, you know what? Sure. I'll do it, but you got to do the. Cardinals too, Breach. I already have a Adam Gase bet going. Well, you got two tattoos on the line now. You got to get uh, Cliff Kingsbury with deal with it sunglasses <laughs> if the Cardinals <laughs> if, if the Cardinals win the Super Bowl. Oh my goodness! All, All right. right, fine. They're both eighty bets. to one. They're both eighty to one. Oh, uh, Debo's making fun of me in Slack. He's like, Brinson won't do it. Eighty to one is not that crazy. Like, I don't man, I don't know. It's like four games. Um, Jaguars locked up the number one pick. I'll tell you what, if the Jaguars don't take Trevor Lawrence and he's in the draft, I'll get a tattoo for that too. We got this tattoo. And, and I do love Debo dunking on you, as you just said, but not, you didn't say what he said. He said Wilson was willing to get a tattoo for something that was seven to one odds, which was Bengals beating the Steelers. Brinson wasn't willing to do it for something that's 80 to one, but he is doing it. We changed his mind. There we go. We're all good. Well, Ryan volunteered that. You asked me. By the way. Um, Brent, Brent, uh, Brentson, you, uh, Breach, you texted us that you had some tattoo news. You might be getting a tattoo. Well, now it's the Arizona Cardinals. I, I, I'm, it's off the hook. That's, that's it. I'm wow. on the hook with Arizona. Wait, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Wilson, the- Wilson brought the tattoo or the, the text that I sent Christmas he, night. He was drunk. He sent a text about him getting a tattoo and he's going to tell us on Sunday. Uh, night. I felt bad for Wilson. The fact that he had to get a tattoo and I had a stipulation I was going to make where I would also get one. But now it's with the Cardinals. So that one's off the board. I never brought it up. What was your happened. tattoo? It was be? going to be on Christmas night. When, if I would have said it, uh, it was going to be, I was, because 
of the Bengals thing, it was going to be if the Steelers won the Super Bowl because they've been playing so badly. But now they beat the Colts. I don't have to oh, worry he's about he's it. Scared. He's just no, scared. No, it's the Cardinals. Are... It's the Cardinals. Brinson already talked me in the Cardinals. I'm not taking on two teams. I already got the Cardinals. What's the Cardinals tattoo? It's the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. I'm get. I have to get a Cardinals tattoo. I mean, the Steelers' odds are slightly better than the Cardinals. Hey, yeah, you Brinson, think? you weren't you were in the bathroom when Brinson brought this up. I'm not going to. You texted him the Steelers. Oh my god, he was like itching to get a Steelers tattoo. Yeah, that that would have been <laughs> a big Ben. Steelers aren't winning the Super Bowl either. Well, they're not now. A breach between a tattoo. They don't, they don't How about if the Steelers win the Super Bowl, Ryan can get out of his Ryan Finley tattoo. Sure. Oh, he needs to have it by the Super Bowl. I'm let's move, let's move on. The, ja- <laughs> the Jaguars have the, Jaguars have the first We're overall. We're going to have to have a separate tattoo podcast. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs 17, Falcons 14. The Chiefs clinched the number one seed. Uh, the Falcons covered. This says plus three, but they were actually like plus 10. The under 54 hit. I don't know why I said that. Sorry, Debo. Uh, the Falcons covered the plus 10. Sure. The, I, I was, I was, I was, I, I wasn't thinking. The under 54 hit Matt Ryan outperformed Patrick Mahomes statistically. Travis Kelsey set the NFL season single season record for most receiving yards by a tight end, 1,146, eclipsing George Kittle's number from 2018. The Chiefs have won. Their last seven games by a combined 27 points. So very quickly, I'll ask you this, Breach. How concerned are we about the Chiefs? I mean, I'm definitely slightly concerned. You keep messing with fire, you're going to get burnt. And this is you know, that's an NFL record that they've won at seven straight games, right, by six points or less. Like, you keep doing that. This game, Young Way Koo, who was the Pro Bowl kicker, in the he, NFC, he, he, leads, not, he, he leads the NFL in points scored. He has not missed a field goal between 30 and 39 yards all year, and he somehow hits the craziest hook I have ever seen in at least five years. This field goal looked like it was going right down the middle with 15 seconds left, and it hooked right, and it missed, and the Chiefs won, and those are the kind of wins they've the had. Before that, David Terrell, is that the rookie cornerback? I can't remember. AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell, thank you. Dave Terrell's the wide receiver for the Bears. Oh, drop the interception. Yeah. Interception in his hand, came down with it, his elbow hit the turf. And Raheem Morris with the he's one like, of the worst uh, challenges you'll ever see. Well, he's seen some of the action today. He knows that uh what's his face, the head of officials is off lollygagging around, not paying attention, maybe hoping against hope. So AJ Terrell's dropped interception, the game's over if he catches that. It was a terrible throw by Mahomes. Here's what I what I said earlier about the the seven games, one score wins by the Chiefs. So if you flip a coin, 50-50 chance, you get it right. The Chiefs have effectively, picked, effectively flipped this coin seven times in a row. And they, they've laid on heads each time. They're going to end up getting tails at some point. Yep. It happens in January, they're going home. So, yeah, they're still the best team in the AFC, but they're not as good as they were a year ago. And to Breach's point, they are sort of, you know, poking the bear, messing around with fire. And the one thing I will add on to that is that, you know, they're on track to finish 15 and one. If they beat the Chargers are 15 and one. Only six NFL teams in history have ever finished 15 and one. The last four lost an AFC championship game. Did not win the Super Bowl. Yes. yes Ryan's referring to the 2004 Steelers. Uh, there's also the 98 Vikings didn't even make it to the Super Bowl. 2011 Packers who went 15 and one the year after winning the Super Bowl. Got upset in the playoffs, and then they lost, obviously, in the, they lost in the first round against the Giants. And then, oh, that was Red Face Coughlin game, right? No, that was 2007. That the, oh. that was the 2011 got... team that beat. That was your first Super Bowl when you were puking in uh, Lucas Oil. How dare you, sir? 
By the way, they, yeah, yeah, they lost to the Giants. The uh, and then also the 2015 Panthers, obviously, 15 and one, and lost to and the, the Broncos. Half aggressive rage strikes again. I know, disrespectful. Um, well, Brenton knew he's a Panthers geez. fan, and Wilson's a Steelers fan. You guys knew those ones. I don't know why you went that chronological order. It threw me all kinds of off. Uh, the Chiefs, by the way, clinched the number one seed in the AFC, so they have home field advantage throughout. And wouldn't be surprised if they rested player with, I don't know, do you rest players if you're the Chiefs in week 17 against the Chargers? They had 10 points against the Falcons with two minutes to go and threw an interception. And, and after that drop interception, the very next pat, very next play was a touchdown pass to Demarcus Robinson, I think. That's a, like, you win seven straight games by like six points or fewer, and then you take three weeks off? Ugh. I would I'm, probably I'm, like to like blow out someone. I'm going to lose a lot of money betting against the Chiefs in the playoffs. That's my prediction. Who do they play next week, Breach? Chargers. Oh, God. That'll be the blowout. They'll get their hopes up against an Anthony Lynn team. Come on. Or the most Chargers thing ever would be beat the Chiefs when it doesn't matter at all. Lose draft, lose draft picks, right. Yeah. And the Chargers are trying to catch the Chiefs record, apparently, because they've won three straight games all by three points. Speaking of draft picks that matter, the Houston Texans slid into the top five of the NFL draft with a loss to the Bengals. But, oh, I'm checking my notes. Turns out that's not their pick. It's the Dolphins pick. They're about to give away a top five draft pick if they lose again on Sunday. The Bengals obviously covered the set plus seven and a half. The over 46 hit. That was, that was a joke of a line. That game was always going over. Deshaun Watson went crazy. Brandon Allen had some uh, big plays. Samaje Pirine, the heart and soul of the Dolphins, two rushing touchdowns. And David Johnson had his best game as a Texan. So congratulations there. But you know what? Uh, not on though, quickly, like Ryan Finley just won a huge game. Brandon Allen got the start. That's all I want to say. Yeah, a little yeah, weird. and he threw for 371 yards and two touchdowns. Let me hey, say, say J- no, 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 no. Stop. We're going to talk about JJ. We're going to play JJ Watt sound. JJ okay. Watt went off about teammates. I don't want to hear about Ryan Finley breach disrespecting Ryan Finley. And hey, shut your mouth. Here is JJ Watt after the game with a pretty intense little comments. If you can't come in and put work in in the building, go out to the practice field and work hard, do your lifts and do what you're supposed to do, you should not be here. This is a job. We are getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of And they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16 and we're 4 and 11. And there's fans that watch this game, that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this. So if you can't go out there and you can't work out, you can't show up on time, you can't practice, you can't want to go out there and win, you shouldn't be here. Because this is a privilege. It's the greatest job in the world. You get to go out and play a game. And if you can't care enough, even in week 17, even when you're trash, when you're 4 and 11, if you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest, that's bullshit. That was actually the condensed version of the the audio from J.J. Watt. So suffice to say, J.J. Watt pretty pissed off about the fact that he has teammates who are loafing and uh, teammates who aren't trying hard. He continued on afterwards to say how bad he feels for the fans, to lament all all of that. And, you know, I think he's probably – I'm sure there are multiple people he's directing that towards. I would also say that he's probably 
last year, like this, this could be his last couple of games in Houston. He's the greatest player in franchise history by a long shot. Uh, you gave up 540 yards of the Bengals. Of course, you're going to lash your team out. This is like the Bengals are not a very good team. I think we can all sure they upset the Steelers. We can uh, all agree. We can, we will accept that and move uh, on. Okay. There you go. And so if you're JJ Watt, you rightfully call your team out because clearly half the guys on the defense have mailed it in. Let me tell you what the Bengals game plan was. Brandon Allen literally spent the whole first half throwing screens and little swing passes and the Texans couldn't stop it. And, and last week they couldn't stop it either. They've had like these losses they've had have just been ugly. Like they lost to the bears 36 to seven. They're being blown out of these games. JJ Watts absolutely right. That people are playing like they don't care. Uh, so Good for him to call people out. And, you know, you have to have a stature within your organization to be able to do that. You know, a quarterback can do that. Uh, guys like J.J. Watt can do that. Not everyone on the team can make that statement. So it is interesting. I mean, what if everybody on the defense doesn't like J.J. Watt and they're like, my God, we're just going to go quit on everyone next week. I um, heard the the audio without seeing the face, and I could have very easily been convinced that was Ron Rivera talking to Dwayne Haskins. I mean, that that's who, <laughs> that's who that should be targeted towards. I mean, look, JJ Watt's frustrated, and I sort of joked with you guys that uh, that's him buying his ticket to Pittsburgh so he can play with his brothers next year, and he would be welcome there with open arms, of course. But Even I, though you, what did you say about the audio originally? I was like, yeah, it might be a little too much. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then Breach and I pointed out that we've been having a conversation for three weeks now about sitting you down and giving you the same speech. I know. I know. Tired of you mailing in this podcast. I'm, I was waiting. The people who pay good money for this podcast, Brian. You don't even try fans. anymore, Wilson. They're fans. There was week 16. They're still downloading the show and you're, you're out there not trying. Try to give a crap. Okay. He has a job. We're paid well for this. Do you think part, I, of, part of we're that? We're paid semi well for this. There you go. Do you think part of him is trying to ensure that he's not there next year because there's so much uncertainty coaching front office gm and he's like you know what let me just tell the truth but also get my way grease the wheels on my way out of town i just think he knows he's not going to be there okay well i mean and he's he's mad isn't he in his uh oh look at his deal one more year in his deal yeah look it up i think he's just making sure that they get rid of him in case the new coach or the new whatever is thinking yeah maybe we should keep jj because we need a leader in here He's like, no, I don't want any of that type of well, thing. Well, I would suggest to him the easiest way to do that is to go to a strip club tonight and let people. people <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think he has any dead cap. Uh, the last year of his deal is 2021, and I don't think he has yeah. dead has, cap. Yeah, 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 that's right. He has no dead cap. They can they cut can him. Trade him would be easy. Cut him would be easy. I mean, I, I mean, if you're the Texans, you have zero draft picks. You definitely want to get compensation if you can. So they'll, they'll cut him. He's a 17.5 million dollar cap hit. He's just getting and no and no dead cap. He's just getting cut this all season. It'll be a, we've released JJ Watt. We're going in a different direction. You know, of course. No, no, or that's where you send out the feelers to other teams. You have somebody report that, that JJ Watt's on the trade block. And if you're literally any team, you call up an offer of third, fourth round pick. Like if the no. Texans get anything in return, they would take it. Here's what you do. Get rid of them. You say, here's what you do. You say, Hey, TJ, Derek, what's up? Oh, JJ wants to go to Pittsburgh. Done. Yeah, th- nobody's trading for JJ Watt with a seventeen point five million dollar cap hit. Right, that's that's a sort of a and, and when the when the cap's going down to one seventy three or whatever, it's it's not happening. He's he's getting cut. He has one more game in Houston, and they'll do a 
they'll do the thing that they always do. And it sucks. JJ Watts, the greatest player in franchise history. He's a hall, first ballot hall of famer. Uh, and David Carr would like a word. You're right. That's, you're right. Derek Carr, the greatest player in Texas David, franchise history. David, David Carr. So. I'm, I'm oh, here's, here's your fun fact from this game because it's a Bengals game. We're not going to talk about the Bengals, but I'm going to give you a fun fact. Uh, this was the most, the Bengals put up 540 total yards. It was the most they put up in a road game since 19. 19- 90. I did win a road game, so way to go, Breach, on that. All right, please, let's move oh, on. Oh, by the way, does, Der- does uh, Derrick Henry break the rushing? Does he uh, break 2,000 yards next week? How many does he need? 223 against the Texans. No. Oh, I think he does. That would be Charger- Chargers at Broncos, the only game of the slate. Uh, Devo sl- uh, slotted it in. Or no, Bengals Texans was slotted in. Chargers Broncos also no Playoff implications whatsoever. Chargers win 19 to 16. Chargers cover the Justin Herbert broke the record for most passing touchdowns by a rookie in NFL history. Baker Mayfield had broken Peyton Manning's uh, record two years ago. And this is sort of my point to Pete Briscoe. It's like, you know, two years ago, Baker Mayfield was like number two behind Patrick Mahomes and guys, you might take the start of franchise. So maybe quit with your little you know, uh, peacocking around. Justin Herbert's been awesome this year. A lot can happen to a young player, but man, what a, what a, what a run by Herbert. Big stretch here, three weeks in a row where they won games. Anthony Lynn probably saved his job. Cause he beat, he, he let the Broncos come back in this game and almost win it. They I mean, won. The Broncos offense looks terrible. Drew Locke, I don't know. Jerry Judy had some drops. That's concerning. And, Jerry, and the, Jerry Judy played better than he had in like six weeks. The Chargers did almost absolutely charger this game. They're winning 19 to 16 with like, uh, let's see. There's like 20 seconds left. Drew walked through a pass, like 35 yards downfield. Oh my God. In, it popped up. And it should have been it. intercepted <laughs> and it popped up and the Broncos caught it and set him up at the 50 yard line. At that point, that's when Brinson, we were saying that why not send McManus out for a 67, 68 yard field goal to try and tie it. They did not. They went for a Hail Mary and that one actually did get intercepted. Do you know who uh, intercepted it? I do not remember. Oh yeah. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Oh yeah. Mike which Williams. is a smart move, which we were talking about uh, in the Cardinals game. And in the year before with like Rob Gronkowski. Right. Like just put big guys out there. They put Mike Williams out there. He intercepted. He was very happy about it. And the Chargers won. The Chargers have a brightish future. And I agree with you, Ryan. We don't know about Drew Locke in the slightest. I think they could beat the Chiefs if the Chiefs are resting people. All of a sudden you get to seven to nine. And I think seven to nine absolutely saves Anthony's job. Chiefs. If the Chiefs rest everyone. Winners, losers. All right. Start us off. Go with the Jets. The Jets saved Adam Gase's job for two days. Jason Lockenford reported that if they had lost to the Browns, that um, there's a chance that Adam Gase gets walking papers. And I think the other winner inside the winner uh, is Sam Darnold. We we talked a lot about um, Mitchell Trubisky sort of maybe worming his way back in Chicago. I think Sam Darnold is a better case. Now they don't have the first pick. Uh, the Jets don't, so they're out of Trevor Lawrence. So uh, I'm going to go with the, the Jets who have uh, – Played some good football the last month of the season. <laughs> I am Who'd going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Five weeks ago, I was laughed off this podcast because I predicted that a three and eight team that was in last place would win the division. I got mocked phone calls. My family got harassed. People said it wasn't possible. Brinson accused me of being a robot. 
That hurt, Brenton. But you know what? You know who's one win away that from winning the division? My robot insides. <laughs> you don't have fear. I have no emotion. It did not actually hurt. Um, but the Cowboys are my winner because now going into week 17, after being three and eight, they are still alive and they have a very realistic shot at taking home the division title. Andy Dalton, comeback player of the year. Mike McCarthy, coach of the year. <laughs> you, <can imagine. laughs> um, you know, uh, my winner is, uh, we're really dipping to the, the bottom of the barrel here for the winners. Um, I'm going to go lower than both of y'all, though. The Jaguars are the big winner. They don't even have to sweat tanking in Week 17. They locked up Trevor Lawrence. I can't overstate this enough. The Jets rolled out one of the worst rosters we've ever seen in the history of professional football. They looked like they were going to cruise to own 16. At one point, they were I think they were like, two to one or maybe like plus 150 to lose all 16 games a season. They stumbled their way to two wins. The Jaguars lost in week one, one in week one, lost in week one against the Colts and somehow still haven't managed to win again. And they're going to, they are locked into Trevor Lawrence unless Trevor Lawrence bails and comes back to Clemson for another year or forces his way out of, out of into somewhere other than Jacksonville. They are holding some of the biggest chips we've seen in a long time, two first round picks, two, two second round picks. The, if Lawrence is there, one of the four best quarterbacking prospects that I've seen in my entire lifetime, it's Elway, Manning, Luck, Lawrence. And I would put Lawrence right behind Elway and Manning, who are really okay. Burroughs good. No, Burroughs around for one year. Trevor Lawrence is a slam dunk. Draft pick at number one, and the Jaguars got him. That's why they were cheering against their own team when they scored a touchdown. They're cheering for the Bears when they scored a touchdown on Sunday, and uh, the Jaguars are huge winners for it. Losers, Losers. yeah, let's go, right? Browns. They had one job. Yes, they didn't have any receivers. The Dolphins didn't have any receivers on Saturday night, and they won against a much better Raiders team. The Jets, as you pointed out, Brinson. Are dog doo-doo. They're dog doo-doo on the bottom of your shoes when you're going to throw them out. And they found a way to win. That's why they're my winners. So yeah, what do the Browns do from here? Can they beat the Steelers in week 17? I have no idea. They'll get their receivers back, but I don't know if Baker Mayfield is yet up to the task of winning big games. The Browns absolutely shot themselves in the foot. They had a chance to win the division, had the Steelers lost to the Colts. And now here they are with a chance to actually miss the playoffs altogether. Uh, I am going to go. I don't want to put Brenton through the pain of choosing his own boy, Philip Rivers. So I'm going to go with the Colts. Look, you're the Colts. All you had to do was not blow a 24-7 third quarter lead against a team that had not scored more than 20 points in five weeks. It should have been the easiest win of your life. Once you got to that point, it was not. You blew the lead. Your own coach admitted that he was a bad coach with bad play calling that was a bad time to start having bad play calling uh so colts everyone in that organization you are my loser for week 16 thank you breach for doing that that was almost as respectful as ryan picking two teams from the same game one team which won <laughs> making them his winner and one team which lost literal them... winners and losers <laughs> my loser dwayne haskins hey I, I mean I can't think of a worse week than losing to the Seahawks in a game that you could have locked up the division with, playing like crap, looking like an awful quarterback, going to a 
stripper party with no mask on in the middle of a pandemic when you have a coach who gave you a three a bone and gave you another chance after burying you earlier in the season and who battled cancer, endangering everyone else on your team, endangering your coach, endangering anyone you're friends with by going to a stripper party after you lost a football game in week 15, then because there are no other healthy quarterbacks having to start week 16 against a terrible defense in the Carolina Panthers, paving the way. The Carolina Panthers were the most dominant fantasy t- defense in football in fantasy football this week. That's how bad you were. And in the middle of it, you got bitched for Taylor Heineke, who didn't play last year. And to top it all off, things are so dire for Washington, you're probably going to have to start next week anyway after you skipped the media Zoom call and then made the excuse that you couldn't use your Bluetooth in the car. Do you realize what this makes you look like Dwayne Haskins, I don't think you do. It's infuriating. That's it. That's the show.